Hi, welcome back to Better Health Now. I'm your host, Rob Brown. If this is your first time checking out the podcast, I want you to know that what I do here is give some information that will be useful, helpful, safe, and effective for you as you move forward in your quest for better health. If you're a longtime listener, if you've listened to some of the other podcasts, some of the other episodes, glad you're back. Welcome. Uh, if you've first time or, or many times being here, it doesn't matter. If you want to touch base with me, want to get me some information, uh, uh, maybe make suggestions about future podcasts or just ask a question, you can email me at betterhealthnowpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to respond to you and uh, move in any direction that you'd like to see me go. I'd love to talk about uh, anything that's on your mind. January 18th is a day that is not necessarily affectionately known, but known as Quitter's Day. I'm not sure who coined the phrase, but it's sort of a known phenomenon that that day is the day that the average American gives up on their New Year's resolutions. I say everybody knows that people give up on their New Year's resolutions, and I don't know that everyone does, but enough people do. So we're going to make the assumption that since it's so widely done, most of us are doing it. And the reason you're listening today is you want some help on how to not do that. Fitness centers are one of the best places if you want proof that this phenomenon of quitting happens all the time. Fitness centers understand this so well that they rent additional equipment from other, other sources and other sites just for the month of January. They know that loads of folks make a New Year's resolution, they join a gym, and somewhere around the end of the month, According to this study, you know, it's, it's January 18th. Most people, the majority of new people will quit. Uh, January 18th being Quitter's Day. You guessed that one, all right. It's natural for all of us to want to start off the new year acknowledging that we want or need to make a change in ourselves. And physical changes are one of the easiest things for us to think about sometimes. We look in the mirror, we step on the scale, we have trouble, we get out of, uh, get short of breath walking up and down a flight of steps. We realize there's something that's not quite as it should be. Um, so it's a great time of year for us to take stock and look back and say, yeah, something needs to change. It's another thing to make that change. Wanting to make the change is easier. Making the change a lot harder to do. A lot of you are like the rest of us and you struggle to keep resolutions. Now, some of you have just given up on making them all together. And if that's the case, then maybe we could be more effective in keeping some of these New Year's resolutions if we just changed our strategies about them a little bit. The best of intentions don't cut it for most of us, let's be honest. So let's try something different. Rather than just relying on your good intentions to make changes, let's see if we can't come up with something that's a little bit more effective. The first thing that I like to say is that I'm a bit skeptical. And I think that most of us, I hope all of us, are very skeptical about people who make these great promises and they they tell you you're going to have huge results with just a tiny little bit of effort. There are a lot of people out there who prey on our desires to make those changes. They sell you a plan that they claim is ironclad or it's infallible. And about the only thing that's infallible or ironclad about that plan is their ability to get money out of your pocket and into theirs. This happens with a lot of places that will sell you diets and will sell you exercise equipment. This is the last piece of gym equipment you ever need. It solves all your problems. Don't fall for that stuff. You know it too well. Please be very skeptical about that. Think things through. Push pause just a few minutes before you push the buy button on those kind of things, and you'll probably come to your senses. It's a little different when we start talking about fitness centers because they are very interested in getting people 
to get healthier. They're, they're, they like to work with that. So they have done a lot of very, very good things when it comes to getting rid of the people that quit. By, not by getting rid of them, but by helping make sure that they don't quit. I love to use success stories wherever they are. And the first thing I want to talk about is some of the strategies that the fitness centers use, because even if you don't join a fitness center, we can employ some of those same strategies and get more successful by doing the things that they have proven works. One of the first things that fitness centers will tell you is that you shouldn't try this alone. We are not very good when we are isolated and we are alone. That's a pretty guaranteed way of all of us falling back to the same old, same old. We are creatures of habit. I don't care if you're 40 years old or 50 years old or 60 years old, you've been doing a lot of the same things for a lot of years and that inertia is really hard to overcome. It's much easier for us to bump things up a little bit for a little while and then fall back to the same way it's been. We got lots of years of doing it the old way. What makes you think we're going to make a change now? Let's make a change. If we can find a group of other people to exercise with, or maybe we just need a partner, then we have a brand new tool to help us maintain that inertia of working out. The people at the CrossFit gyms have a wonderful idea. They share workouts. You walk into a CrossFit place and you'll see up on their board the workout of the day. They know and they understand that that setup helps everybody. Somebody goes in, does the workout, they write their results on the screen. They share that with everybody and everybody can see that. People who come in after that are motivated to continue to do more and people who come in earlier are motivated to sort of set a bar for the other people to follow. The other thing that happens with that is they notice when you're not there. You go in on Monday morning or you go in Friday afternoon and you don't see that certain person's name up there. And you start to wonder where are they? And a lot of folks reach out to the people that are missing and that gets those people back into the loop, back into working out again. So having some people that will reach out to you when you miss a day for whatever reason encourages you to get back to it again and helps keep you on the straight and narrow path. They keep you motivated. They help drive you along. Lots of gyms do the same kind of thing. They have Zumba classes and they have aerobics classes and they have yoga classes. And when someone's missing, you're noticed by the people that are normally in your group, the people that are around you, and those people reach out to you, inquire about you, you feel cared for, and you're motivated to come back and you do the same for them. A lot of the what we have to do to not quit our goals is to find a way for us to stay motivated and consistent. If you work, grab a coworker, sign up for the same gym, go to, go to work out after you're done for the day. Even when you've had a tough day, it'll be easier and you'll be more likely to stick to it if the other person is able to encourage you. Better yet, or best of all, grab a third person. Two people can much more easily encourage that third person. And it's less likely that all three of you have just suffered through the most brutal day ever and you go, I'm just not going to the gym today. Someone's having a decent day. They encourage the other two people and that cycle just keeps repeating. Those three people encourage each other and they're going to have better results over the long haul. Listen, we are all going to get tired. We are all going to get run down. We are all going to have other things pop up and fight viciously for our time and for our attention. When you make a commitment to get healthier by choosing fitness, that allows you to be productive in most of the other areas of your life. Rest assured, there will come a time when this new habit of fitness becomes as much a normal part of your day and you will push other things aside to maintain that plan. And this is a type of self-care. 
Staying healthier keeps the brain clear, does all kinds of things for you that are all positive. They help in lots of other areas. I gotta confess, this is not one of the things that I respond very well to. I am a loner when it comes to working out. I'm a runner. For the better part of a year, quite a few years ago, I had a running partner. It was a great change for me. He and I got along quite well. We motivated each other, we encouraged each other. And the only reason that relationship ended was because he finished his college graduate work and moved away to get a job. He's a great guy. We had a lot of fun together. Uh, we both motivated each other and, and we really enjoyed the time that we spent. Since then, I've never found another person that I need or I run well with. I myself personally do not have a hard time getting up in the wee morning hours when it's still dark, putting on my running gear and hitting the road solo. In fact, I actually enjoy that more. I can hear my breathing and I can hear my feet hitting the ground. That allows me to think, to consider things, to reflect, and it does as much for me physically as it does for me mentally. I enjoy that. Keep in mind, folks, I have been running for over 15 years. Not running feels unusual and kind of weird for me, so it's easy for me to do that. Once you've been establishing a habit for a long enough period of time, you'll start to become the same way. Not going to the gym will feel awkward for you, and you'll just naturally go. That's me. That was a bit of an aside there. What about the folks who started with some kind of a new resolution back on January 1st? We're only talking about the middle of January, so it's really not a new habit. It's not established for them yet. So it's an emerging habit. And those th little things are very fragile. They're delicate things. They break very, very easily. How do we protect that thing? And how do we help it become our new normal so that it doesn't vanish like all the other changes we intended to make over the past years? Well, here's a suggestion. If you find that you're the person that has dropped that New Year's resolution already, don't worry. Calling it Quitter's Day seems to stamp your failure, but you're here. So you're willing and trying to get beyond that. Don't pay attention to any of them. You know what? The day after Quitter's Day is January 19th. Start again. I know, January 1st is a great time to make a shiny New Year's resolution. It's natural. We spend the end of the year looking back and reflecting on the things that we did. And last year was a bit of a mess considering the whole virus thing. But that's not what we're all about. New Year's resolutions are a time for us to make good changes. It's not about what other people think. You don't have to make a resolution that appears great in other people's eyes. You need to make a resolution that you can st finish, that you can stay strong with, and it can become a new habit with you. It doesn't matter if you have to start it several times this year. What matters most is how you finish. The goal has never been about starting a new habit. The goal is to gain a long-term fitness habit that will, you will keep with you. You will build on that next year, and you'll build upon that in the year after that. Years from now, you can look back and see this year as the one that started you on your way to a healthier new you. Too much emphasis gets placed on starting a new habit. and Not enough goes into helping you continue that new healthier habit. And that's what I'm going to do, right? That might seem that it doesn't really help you very much. The idea that you need, that you just keep getting back on the horse every time you fall off is a great thing. It's an old cliche. Uh, but many times we need more than just a hand back up after we've fallen off the horse. So I got a few hands up as well. First of all, Go back to a plan and a goal that you accomplished and something that worked for you in the past. It doesn't matter whether that was a fitness goal. It could be a scholastic goal, a study goal, graduating high school, getting your college degree, getting a different degree. 
It could have been simply making your bed every morning so that you'd feel a little bit more accomplished throughout the course of the day. Stop, pause for just a minute here and think, what did you do for that successful and achieved goal? It doesn't even matter if you eventually drop that plan and drop that habit. What matters is that you have found a way to achieve successfully that previous goal. The clue for you lies in that previous goal. So think about those areas that you were successful. Come up with a few of them. Revisit how you managed those. Then you should incorporate some of those tools into this new venture, even if it's different. If you're talking about something physical now and it was an academic thing before, how did you accomplish that? There's going to be a clue for you in there. One of the other tools that's really important for us is to take that big monster goal and break it down into some smaller pieces. One of the problems that a lot of us have is that we set unrealistic goals back on January 1st. That January goal, that January date puts a little bit of pressure on us and we respond the way we think we should respond. However, sometimes the goal we make is just a little bit too big. To say you bit off more than you can chew is, is kind of a, an unhelpful thing, but it's, it's accurate. Let me give you a great example. You decide that you're going to get fit this year and you're going to run your first marathon. However, you have a toddler, or maybe you have two toddlers, or maybe you've got a youth in elementary or junior high school. You've got family issues that are going to demand some of your time and energy and attention. Don't get me wrong. A marathon is an amazing goal. I've done three of them. Everybody that does one feels the weight of the achievement that they've done. It takes a lot of preparation. It takes a lot of work. Maybe you have too many other things going on in your life right now to set a goal like that. Not a problem. The intention was to get a goal to be running. When was the last time you ran a 5K? And if you've done 5Ks, when was the last time you did a 10K? Maybe jumping up from a 5K to a 10K is the goal that you need for this year. That's the way I started. My initial plan was to go a mile. And then it became a 5K and then a 10K and a half marathon. And actually, after I finished my first marathon, on the way home, driving home from the marathon, I said, I'm going to go find an ultra marathon to do. Now, my lifestyle would not permit me to do the training that I need for an ultra marathon. So that quickly became realized by me and put on the back burner. I've never done an ultra marathon. I don't expect ever to. Start with the goal that you accomplish and use it to be a springboard on the next goal. Those are some really, really great tips on ways we can get things. Different, different tack and different direction now of, of some other things you can do. Let's talk a little bit about technology. Technology is, this is the year 2021 and it's everywhere. People have Fitbits and Garmins and sports watches and fitness trackers. Uh, if you have one, are you using it? If you're using it, are you looking at the data? That could be a marvelous place for you to go. You want to run a marathon, but you look at your Fitbit and you realize that you walk 3,000 steps a day. You're going to have a real hard time doing a marathon when you start off at 3,000 steps a day. You'll have a much easier time doing a 5K if you start off with 3,000 steps a day. And that could be your goal. So get out the Fitbit, get out the Garmin, get out the activity tracker, charge it up, put it on your wrist, see where you are, and that can modify your goal. There are programs out there that can tell you how many miles you should walk or how many miles you should run or how often you should be doing your different kinds of exercises. You can use your device, your technology, your cell phone to set an alarm to remind you to go work out. You can remind yourself 30 minutes or an hour before you're supposed to work out. That gives you a chance to wrap things up, go prepare for your workout. Sometimes what we need to do is prepare for our workout as much as we need to go do our workout. 
I used to lay out my clothes the night before. When I woke up at dark o'clock in the morning, it was easy to say, I don't know if I have any clothes to wear. I'll just go back to sleep. Laying out all my running clothes first thing in the morning meant all I had to do was get up, walk to the place I put them, put them on, tie my shoes, and get out the door. Eliminating that one last hurdle made me able to stay on my path a lot better. Maybe you just need a little nudge to get out the door. Whatever it takes to keep you consistent, use technology to do that. Use technology to tell you how you're doing. It can be a grading system for you. It can keep you on the track. Maybe the goal that you set needs a little bit of help. Working out daily places a different kind of demands on your body. Some of you are going to be staying in, awake at night on your cell phones, surfing through Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok at one o'clock in the morning and think that you can, because you made a New Year's, New Year's resolution, get up at six o'clock and hit the gym. You're going to find out that you need more sleep than that. You're burning more calories, you're using more energy, and you're getting up an hour earlier to go do that work. You need more sleep. You might need to change the amount of time that you get, the amount of sleep that you get, or just change your sleep habits. You might also find out that you need to change your eating habits. You can't eat at 11 o'clock at night and be ready to go at five or six o'clock in the morning. Some of you can, but most of us probably can't do that. I speak from experience. Habits need to change when you start to dig into that big goal. Training for a marathon demands changes in sleep, changes in hydration, changing in eating habits, and changes in prioritizing the things that you do in your life. Training for a marathon requires the proper gear. It requires sun protection. It requires safety equipment. And it requires choosing routes and notifying your family and loved ones about where you're going to be in case you sprain an ankle 60 minutes into a long run. You get out there someplace and there's nobody to help you, you could be in big trouble. Perhaps your current lifestyle has parts of it that make the new goal more difficult or, or even impossible, like sleeping or eating. There's also some things that you need to do. Maybe you need to pause your initial goal and modify your plan. Big goals often have many steps that are required. So modifying your initial plan and focusing on prior steps is a much better way for you to go. You'll be taking positive steps, establishing a new good habit instead of being a failure. These new changes will give you a momentum and encouragement. They'll be a great start and they will help you push on to the next part of the next goal. Having smaller goals as part of the bigger goal allows you to celebrate the achievements along the way. I'll give you a great example of that. The first time runners pass the 10 mile mark, seeing double digits for the amount of the distance that you ran is a huge accomplishment. Realizing that if you're running for training for a marathon, the next week you're going to do 11 miles, the 10 miles can get lost in the shuffle. Don't do that. Don't overlook those milestones. If you only focus on completing the marathon, you miss the 10 miles that you ran and the 11 miles and the 12 miles. Take some time every now and then to evaluate you where you are now. And more importantly, evaluate where you were. If you could only run a 5K before and you hit 10 miles, you should celebrate. You should do something, you should tell some people about it, and you should get excited about that. That should push you onward as you continue with your training. You are only out here trying to make a better version of yourself, a healthier version of yourself. You're not trying to fit into anybody else's picture for your life or for their life. So don't compare yourself to them. You're just out here doing it for you. These goals that you have accomplished, as small as they might be, should be celebrated. They will provide the encouragement. They will propel you forward and they will help you realize that with persistence and preparation, 
you can start to make changes that can become the new normal for you. And that new normal is healthier. Today, more than ever before, social media loves to celebrate failures. They love to put those people when they slip and they put them up for everyone to look at and to laugh at. There seems to always be someone out there ready to tell you what you did wrong or why you should just quit and sit back on the sidelines. They even name a day for those quitters out there. The flip side of that is that so many people on social media just want to portray a perfect picture of the life they want, and they want you to think that they have that. Don't worry about them. Don't pay attention to them. Celebrate your achievements on this path. Prepare and be persistent, and you will be more successful at achieving those New Year's resolutions. That is going to put you on the way to a better path to better health now and better health in the years to come.